Hi. Hey, Corey. How are you? Doing well. How are you? Good. Thanks for coming back on Two Geminis and a Leo, even though it's just a Leo. Well, well, now it's a Leo and a Sagittarius. There you go. Sagittarius is taking over? No. (laughs) Well, you are the sister sign, so it's... It's like they're you're their evil twin, or maybe they're the evil twins. I accept that. I accept. <laughs> <laughs> because there is only one of you, and there is two of them. Exactly. So, so they're like, your evil twins. Yeah, I'm the good one. Hi, <laughs> nice to meet you. <laughs> the good side. Yeah. <laughs> How are you doing, Corey? What's going on in your world? I'm doing well. Um, I'm getting ready to start school, which is fun. And as of literally an hour ago ish, um, I'm on vacation for like a week and a half. Nice. So I don't know what I'm going to do with myself, (laughs) but we'll figure it out. (laughs) How are you? That'll be great though. Nice. Some nice time to rest and relax and recharge. Yes, very much. Nice. Well, congratulations on your relaxation. (laughs) (laughs) I'm doing good. I'm doing good. You know, living the dream every day. Just trying to uh, just move through life, you know? (laughs) Totally get that. Also, my voice is a little cracky today because of all the smoke and stuff like that. So sorry about that, guys. In case you didn't know, half of North America is covered in smoke right now. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> I also have asthma and like all of these oh. fun things. So I'm yeah. fine. Like I feel fine. But yeah, my voice is taking a hit for sure. So <laughs> lots of water, all of the water. For sure. So I asked Corey to join me in a little conversation today because we wanted to do something for Pride Month. And I feel like Corey is somebody who has some of the most extensive knowledge uh, on the topic and of the queer community. And I just felt like it would be really special to have somebody come on that is so involved, but also has so much knowledge on all of the topics and all of the things. And I just wanted you to share a little bit about that with us. If, you know, whatever you're open to sharing, whatever you're open to discussing, we are going to be talking about the Stonewall raid and riots. Uh, We're going to be kind of piecing together the chart of it. We have the chart that we're going to go over some of the placements and all of that stuff. But mainly I wanted to also do this just to inform people of the history and also give a perspective from somebody who is so involved in all things queer, if if that makes sense. (laughs) (laughs) So Corey, I know we discussed you going over some of the history with Stonewall and things like that, but if there's any like ground that you want to lay beforehand, like with you and, you know, whatever you want to share, please feel free. Yeah. Um, so, hi. I'm my name is Corey of Corey's Cauldron. So, as far as like my history with the queer community, I am a queer individual um, in a lot of ways. Also, I have been in LGBT nonprofits for over ten years now, 
which is weird to say at my age. Uh, <laughs> um, but I've been involved in college organizations. Um, I'm one of the founders of a 501c3 out of Lexington, Kentucky. I'm a sister of Perpetual Indulgence. Um, for those who are not aware of what that is, we are an order of drag clown nuns who go out into the world to promulgate joy and expiate stigmatic guilt, which is just a very fancy way of saying we go out into the world kind of as out there and socially atypical as possible so that other people feel confident and comfortable being themselves. Um, a lot of queer experience is being othered and the sister's goal is to take away that othering aspect so that the weirdest person in the room is the sister. And so therefore the sister is the other, not like someone who's not in face, for example. Yeah. I love that. Also with that, like, a lot of my learning comes from oral source. Um, a lot of queer history has been erased from textbooks and isn't really widely talked about. Some other involvement that I do, I'm a boot black for the leather community. So the way that I boot black is actually to hear people's stories and talk to them about their leathers. And that's how a lot of our queer history has been passed on orally, especially through the HIV AIDS epidemic boot blacks were the first ones to kind of step up specifically lesbian boot blacks they would kind of take on the leather of their gay male counterparts who had hiv aids hiv or aids um and they would learn their stories and then they would pass those stories down wow so with that i do want to plug there is a museum in chicago called the leather archives and museum it is actually a museum specifically for the leather community but it also talks about a lot of that history as well, including leather pieces like jackets, boots, pants, everything you can think of. Um, and they like lean into kink as well, which is kind of fun. So if you are ever in Chicago, please go support them. Wonderful people run that organization. And it's eye-opening to see kind of even the diversity inside of the leather community. I do also want to lay some ground rules. Not ground rules, but like... <laughs> Groundwork. Ground, Groundwork, thank you. Yeah. Uh, that might be a I'm lot. Like why? What did I do? <laughs> Am I in trouble? <laughs> no, it's not rules. No, no one's in trouble. Uh, <laughs> there's some groundwork. What's important to understand is that a lot of legislation in history and even currently is written so that it specifically affects queer people without it specifically mentioning queer people. Right. And that is something that is not as talked about because it's easy to say, that Stonewall was a police raid on a bar that resulted in a riot. Right. That is the most chopped down version of what Stonewall is. Realistically, what Stonewall actually is, is it is the culmination of actions from police who are to the letter following a legislative law that stated that individuals who are in a bar establishment and drinking have to match the same gender associated with what is on their driver's license. And so because of that, because it was this weird like identity issue, yeah. air quotes, identity issue. Yeah, that's what they made it into, an identity issue instead of a homophobic issue. Right. Because of that, though, it specifically affected and targeted queer people. And so police could quickly identify where gay bars and gay establishments and queer establishments were, target those, raid them, 
arrest a bunch of people, and then walk away scot-free. Because of the way that they were doing this, this also greatly and disproportionately affected Black people. So when we talk about Stonewall, we have to specifically also talk about non-white people. Yeah. And that's a huge part of it as well. Like Because at the time, they were targeting Black neighborhoods. So you have kind of this intersectionality of marginalization. And so, and also within the queer community and communities in general, I don't think that people of color are frequently given the spotlight and the recognition that the fact of the fact that generally they're the ones who are starting these changes and then eventually white people come in and kind of help pick up that mantle. But what happened with Stonewall was this was something that had been going on for a long time, police coming into queer establishments and kind of just mass arresting people. And then like nothing was happening because these people were trying to be authentically themselves in a space that they felt safe in. And because of kind of a backhanded law, police were able to do that. They were able to specifically target queer individuals, black individuals based off of a perception that is totally asinine, which is literally what do men look, what do men air quotes look like? And what do air quotes women look like? If you did not fit a societal standard of what a man or woman looked like, and that went against whatever was on your ID, they could arrest you. There's some conversation within the queer community, especially queer historians, that the first brick thrown was thrown by Marsha P. Johnson or by, I want to say Sylvia Rivera was her name. I can't remember that off the top of my head. I apologize. Um, If it was a drag queen that threw it, if it was a trans woman that threw it, or if it was just some random bystander. Because once again, with the way that history is written, a lot of times, and a lot of social movements even, a lot of times you have to have kind of a figurehead that can withstand the brunt of characterization attacks, basically. And Marsha P. Johnson was already involved with STARS, which was a trans organization. Also, I want to be very clear with this. If you go back and look into these histories, there are going to be terminologies that are used that are specifically actually denoted as derogatory today. Keep in mind that is within the context of history, and it is important that we keep those words valid for their historical context. We can understand that those aren't necessarily socially acceptable to use today, while also still respecting their importance in history. That is my spiel. I'll leave yeah. that one alone. Because um, <laughs> like at some point I may refer to a specific terminology that was used right? because it's historical in that moment. Because for example, what we understand now as drag queens and trans people, which are two separate things, was all lumped into either drag queens or transvestites which is the historical term that was used. Generally speaking, people were more likely to call themselves drag queens because they only did it, for example, like whenever they went to bars versus the other, because they weren't trying to live as that gender. And that was how they, that's how they made that distinction. So Marsha P. Johnson was able to withstand some of those character attacks and essentially stepped up to that mantle because her and the other individual who I believe is named Sylvia Rivera, they were already involved with STARS, which was a trans activist organization. 
and they wanted to essentially provide rights to trans people. And so Marsha P. Johnson became kind of the figurehead of the Stonewall riots and the activism that came directly after. And that's just a brief history. <laughs> that's great. Thank you so much. Of course. And I actually, I just, so as somebody who is diving more into queer history now, because I always knew that I was different, but I never until I got older and became more comfortable in myself was able to really connect to that part of myself. My uncle growing up, he's been with the same partner for like almost 40 years at this point. So I always had somebody in my life who was gay. And I just always felt so connected to him in in a way that I didn't understand until I got it older until I got older. And I started realizing I was also attracted to women. And now as I'm getting older, and I feel like it is becoming more it's so weird because I feel like it's becoming more acceptable to be gay, but at the same time, it's being beat down with a claw at the same exact time that because of everybody else feeling so free to express who they are, like you were saying earlier with the sisters of uh, perpetual indulgence, it allows every other people like myself connect more to my queerness, (laughs) you know? And things like Stonewall and things like Pride are so important and so special because not only are they just important moments in time of things that happen, but the freedom of being who you are is just constantly being neglected and put to the side. And, you know, you can't be who you are. You have to be who society wants you to be. And with these moments in history, it really shows us that we can truly be whoever we want to be. But it's through so much hard work. Because of these people doing this 53 years ago, or more at this point, 54 years ago, finally, trans kids are feeling more safe and comfortable in being who they are. But at the same time, like I said, legislation is now coming down to them harder than ever. Right. So it's just, it's so much to, to take in and to see and to, to feel happening. And I just feel like because of such a momentous occasion where Mm -hmm. people took back their power and allowed themselves to truly shine in who they are and just say no when somebody was trying to be oppressive towards them. Right. We were able to start a really big shift. And I feel like we forget that that was only 50 years ago. Like that, that happened within like a couple of generations of anyone listening to this podcast. Like my dad was already born by that point i'm pretty sure if i'm doing the math in my head right so like he could have been there like i know people who were in new york when that happened and like they're older obviously but like i know people who were there like who can give me firsthand accounts of what happened and yeah that's why i know it it was entirely like it, it was able to happen because of the legislation around it because they were like there and conscious in new york when it was going on. Right. And that's, that's something that I think is really important too. Like these, this history 
isn't old. Like this is not the revolutionary war. Like a lot of the history that we talk about right now is more current than we realize. Even things like Matthew Shepard, like that happened within our lifetime. Like yeah. we, we were alive when that happened and we experienced some of the backlash from that. Um, and even unfortunately the backlash before that. And so things are, they, things have progressed quickly and unfortunately, the pendulum always swings back. And right now we're experiencing that pendulum swinging back. And that's not like me trying to be light and love about it even, because I do think that there's stuff going on that is unjust. And there will always be something going on that is unjust until everyone is able to be themselves. But there is a string of hope in that, in that society and humanity will eventually swing back the other way. to a more progressive state. And through that, though, we have to know that we have our communities. We're able to fight back in whatever way that looks like. And it looks different for every person based off of abilities, financial situations, socioeconomic status. Like there are so many things that you have to take into consideration, but every little bit is every little bit. Like a baby step is still a step. Yeah. And I think that that's really important to kind of understand and consider as well. 100%. And and that's also with anything in life. I I say that all the time. Everybody wants big change to happen right now. But realizing the little steps along the way are also important for sure. There was a meme on Facebook that I saw, of course, that said uh, humans are persistence predators. So you're not going to get it whenever you just run directly at it. You just have to wear it down over time. (laughs) I was like, that is the most weirdly motivational thing I've heard. (laughs) Uh, Oddly comforting. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. So I was doing some research online to find the birth chart of the moment that the police raided the Stonewall Inn on June 28th, 1969. Uh, From my research, I found that it was at 1.20 a.m. that it happened, just based on accounts. So the chart that we have, I will be posting on Instagram so that everybody can see it if you want to follow along throughout this conversation. What we're looking at here is a Cancer Sun, a Sagittarius Moon, (laughs) <laughs> just like Corey, hey. uh, and and uh, and and <laughs> I keep trying to say all day today. I did an astrology reading earlier, and I kept saying Aquarius instead of Aries. I don't <laughs> know why, but an Aries rising, which to me just says it all. <laughs> like I feel like yes, the Here. the boldness, the power, the passion, the fieriness, the uh. Yeah anger the the mars ruled energy yes it is oh, and they have right the mars there. and sagittarius too yep hmm so and the moon so and the moon and and yeah. the and mars are working pretty closely together in this chart yeah. and because of that that also ignites a lot of passion into the fueling the mars placement also it is in retrograde natally at this time And there was an article that I was reading that says that a lot of important moments through history and queer history specifically uh, happen when Mars is in retrograde, which I find really interesting. Yeah. 
Also, Chiron is in Aries in this chart as well. And Chiron has been in Aries uh, over the past, I would say definitely the past year, but maybe longer. Yeah. And I also find that very interesting with all of the changes and legislations and new things that are coming out uh, against queer people at this time yeah. are, are happening now that uh, Aries is in uh, Chiron, I'm sorry, is in Aries. Mm -hmm. uh, it's kind of like bringing back the old ways and kind of seeing if we've learned the lessons from yeah. that time. Like rekindling is, the fire almost. Absolutely. It's like, how big does it get? Yeah. And in all of the ways, in the ways that queer people are expressing themselves more freely and the ways that the lawmakers are trying to beat them down at the same time. It's, yeah. it's just, it's so interesting how back and forth, like you said, the way that the pendulum swings, you know? Also, something that I read in an article that I can also post in the show notes when I share this as well. This was the day that Uranus moved into Libra. Oh. And Uranus is the planet of rebellion, revolution, all of those oh, things. And it moving into Libra, which is the balance, the like justice. Chaos. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Okay. And it's also in the sixth house of of day to day of our of our day to day actions of health of work things of that nature. So with it moving into that, to me that also feels very right. Yeah. That especially because for me, you could see queerness in a chart in a lot of different ways, mm -hmm. but prominent air placements have been something that I've seen a lot like popping up that has related to that, at least in, in my studies. And I feel like it's because of the freeness that queer people feel yeah. and the, the freeness that people that have air placements can feel at times. It's kind of like you're just being taken by the wind, you know? Right. So I feel like connecting those two was really interesting when I saw that also. And as you said, the Sagittarius placements, another placement of just like raw passion. And with it being in the eighth house, I feel like that's also just like an eruption of. So the eighth house is sex, death and taxes, <laughs> but it's also like the occult and things that are different and mysterious. So it's lighting the not only lighting the candle to like or lighting the fuse i should say to spark the revolution but it's also diving into the unknown like we're doing this and we're just gonna do it and we'll see what happens and i watched a documentary called stonewall uprising from pbs and something that i didn't realize is like i knew that the pride marches were a product of Stonewall. After Stonewall, they wanted to keep it going. Mm -hmm. So because of that, they created the pride marches, which they did one year later. And that's why pride is celebrated every June and mm -hmm. June 28th specifically. And it was just so touching 
for me to watch the footage of it paired with the people that were there talking about how much it meant to them that like the parade just kept getting bigger and bigger. And as they continued to walk, they like started with like a hundred people and ended with like over 2000. And it's just so moving. And so to me, like just so beautiful, the way that community can come together and with this chart their 11th house is ruled by aquarius which is the house of community and with the zodiac sign of community in it so it just shows that even it it allows people like you were saying earlier to be able to feel free to express themselves but it also creates these really safe communities where we can all feel free to just be who we are Right. And that all started with this this one, you know, movement, which I think is really amazing. I do have a question. Sure. So um, because this is always something that has been like an interesting thing that I always look at first. So in the middle of a birth chart, you have like the connecting lines and all that good stuff. Right. Um, One, I think it's funny that this one kind of looks like a cup or a bowl. Mm -hmm. And this like Stonewall happened at a bar. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, is there any, like, significance to shapes and things like that within those lines? Or is that just, like, this is just how it connects? So those are different aspects in okay. a chart. So there are things like oppositions and squares and things like that that do make a difference it's the way that certain placements work with each other okay. in order to it kind of shows us more information the way that the planets dance together if gotcha. that makes sense that makes so sense. one thing that i do want to bring up about that is that mercury for this is also in gemini which I find also really interesting, just like the loud, the proud, like letting letting you know how I feel in this moment. I am going to tell you how I feel, like very much Gemini, Mercury of not only like standing up for what you believe in, but also presenting the facts, you know, and bringing a little bit of that chaotic energy that Gemini possesses. But that is opposite the moon in Sagittarius. So it's like expressing what you feel and what is going on, but also through the lens of emotion and passion and love and this is how I feel and this is why and this is the history behind it. And now I'm going to use my voice in this Gemini Mercury to really show and and scream it loud and proud from the mountaintops. This is what it is. Right. And we're not going to be quiet anymore. Mm-hmm. So it, it kind of amplifies that voice. Yeah. And then lastly, I wanted to say that uh, the uh, Venus placement is in Taurus. Uh, in the first house. And I feel like that also is something that shows a lot of passion, but also like I'm not backing down energy. Yeah. Because Taurus has the ability to be a little stubborn from time to time. Yep. <laughs> just, just a touch, you know? <laughs> so it's literally creating that stone wall of this is who we are and you are not going to fuck with us anymore. Yeah. (laughs) Essentially. So also it's a cancer sun. So I feel like it's also that, that love and nurturance and. Yeah. 
And if I also find it really interesting that the Midheaven and the IC are Cancer Cap, traditionally, like that's known as like mom and dad of the Zodiac. So I just, it's interesting to me that it's like the two signs that I feel like are associated most with gender are the ones that are the deepest wound and also the most public place in the chart, you know? Yeah, yeah definitely. And so this is something that I learned um just kind of like in my own studies because perpetually trying to understand astrology. The Lilith sign being in Cancer is also interesting because of the use of the emotions in Cancer to like express rage and express Mm -hmm. that anger and that power and finding power inside of those emotions and that Cancer sign with it also being the sun. So you have this dichotomy of that as well. Your sun sign is Cancer which is like, obviously like the more like prominent one, right? But then you also have this dark side of the exact same sign that is like kind of almost the antithesis of cancer of like kind of focusing on that anger and honing in on that anger, but then using that anger as well. A hundred percent. Those two things are really kind of a fun thing to play with. Yeah, absolutely. And so for those who don't know, the IC is where they say your soul lives. It's like the deep inner child, your roots, like where you've come from, all of that stuff. So with the Lilith being exactly on top of essentially that I see, it's also, I feel like really dances well with that there. And through that, it's like through expressing this anger through our feelings and our emotions, they can move into the MC of kind of being on the stage in the world of this is what we're not going to put up with. This is who we are. Take it or leave it. That very, you know, Capricorn energy of, of I'm me and you're not going to move me kind of energy. Hmm. I always find it so interesting when things align like that. Yeah. I also think it's cool. So like if you scroll down a little bit, there's like the elements, like the breakdown of the elements, there are eight fire, eight earth, five air and six water Mm. that's intense yeah it's it is almost perfectly balanced but with just enough like stability from the earth passion fire but then like that air to fuel that fire and then that water to keep the earth together yeah yes yeah it's it's almost a perfect balance yeah so cool It is, especially because a lot of charts aren't like that. Like I have one air placement in my chart and it's my north node. So it's just interesting for sure. I think I have like water is my lowest one and it's like one or two. Yeah. So it's like to see that balance, like that much of balance is really cool. For sure. And then the north node is in Pisces and the south node is in Virgo. So with the North Node being in Pisces, for me, that kind of reflects learning, everybody learning how to be one, Mm -hmm. you know, accepting the world. So Pisces, their plight in life is like life is pain sometimes. (laughs) And that's because Pisces feel everything so deeply and emotionally and just within themselves and that's because they are so connected just to the collective energy of the world 
So with the North Node being in Pisces, it's like the destiny of this is being that connected oneness energy of of everybody just accepting everybody essentially and the south node being in virgo i feel like it comes what it comes from is so virgo has the tendency to be a little critical towards themselves and towards other people so i feel like just in this case it comes from maybe like a place of being hidden, a place of judgment, a place of not being able to feel safe and accepted. And the way that it matures or moves throughout life is a place where hopefully we can end up in a world where we're all just accepted for who we are. Right. And especially also because Pluto is in Virgo right next to the South node also. So that's like consistent transformation and, Jupiter is there as well. So through being of service to other people, these are the lessons that we learn. And through learning those lessons, we're able to evolve into this Pisces North node of oneness and connection. Very cool. We felt it was very important to have some type of conversation this Pride Month about just being who you are and standing for yourself and being able to express yourself in your full authenticity mm-hmm. and knowing that there are safe spaces out there for you. Yeah, definitely. And if you are in a place where you don't think that there is a safe space for you, look up queer community organizations, look up queer service centers. Um, there's lots of different ways that it's worded. Um, and if you ever have questions, local libraries are usually pretty good about keeping those types of resources. Also, please go support your local library for everything. But there are sister organizations literally all over the world. Each state, I think, at this point has at least one house. Uh, maybe not Alaska or Hawaii. Don't quote me on that, though. Most states have at least one house. So if you're ever curious, look up Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence in whatever state you're in. Um, and that should pop up a list. And then if you ever have any comments, questions, or concerns, like search me at Corey's Cauldron, I will be more than happy to at least help you find resources. I've done it before and I will happily do it again because we're a community. Like the queer community is not one that leaves anyone behind. So, and I don't want anyone to feel like they're isolated just because they don't feel like they're getting support. Yeah. And you came from a place that you you know you're from Kentucky originally so yeah. you have a lot of experience in being in a place where it is hard for you to express who you are like i grew up in new york so it's right. a lot different than kentucky and i yeah. you know and but i still felt like i couldn't be my true authentic right. self so it doesn't matter where you are if you're right. feeling that way find community it's out there i promise you even in the most podunk of podunk places it's there <laughs> It might be a little smaller and it might not be as like grandiose as going to a bar every night and taking on the big city, but there are queer people everywhere. We were usually very good at being covert about our queerness, especially in places where it may not be as safe. So it's more so about like knowing the key words and maybe finding it. And if I need to, I'll, I don't know, show up somewhere in sister face and Everyone will just stare at me while I have forks on my head. 
and it will be great. And I'll yeah, love every second of it. Fun time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a big person, so it's very clear to see me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, send us send us a picture uh, if yeah. you want, and I'll post it on on the uh, Instagram when I post this info up. And uh, thank you so much, Corey, for coming yeah. on and sharing your knowledge and just being the generally amazing person that you are. Thank you for having me. I love you. And I'm so excited to see you soon. Hey, two months, which feels too long. (laughs) (laughs) I know, but we actually got to see each other in April too. So it was a little like tasty treat. It was just num num num. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you again on behalf of all of us here at Two Geminis and a Leo. We love and appreciate you very much. Love you both. Or all. I keep saying both. I love you all. <laughs> all right, guys. Uh, if you want to reach out to Corey, he is at Corey's Cauldron. Yeah. Please, please feel free to reach out. And uh, Astro Hose out. Say Astro Hose out. Oh, Astro Hose out. Bye. (laughs) Thank you for listening to this episode of Two Geminis and a Leo. If you enjoyed it, we would love to see you over on our social media. We have an Instagram at Two Geminis and a Leo. We are on Facebook, also at the same handle, Two Geminis and a Leo. And you can shoot us an email at Two Gemini 